We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at LourdesDenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good evening. Happy for. Well, good evening. Happy fourth Sunday of Advent. We're getting really close to Christmas. Are you excited? Um, it means a lot of traffic in the stores. I was out shopping today and reminded of the um, test of patience and opportunity to grow in virtue. Um, all these things we do out of love for each other. Well, we're getting close to Christmas. It's a beautiful time. It's also a trying time. Um, the church invites us today to walk this these few days up into Christmas with, um, with Joseph and Mary, with the Holy Family. The second reading proclaimed, uh, Paul, Paul proclaimed to the Romans, to the church at Rome, that they are called to be holy. Called to be holy means called to be set apart, called to be different than the rest of the world. Our church is laid out in a way, most Catholic churches are laid out in a way that is meant to communicate to us what exactly, what exactly that can look like. And it reminds us of a particular moment in our life. So there's, there's different stages to a church. Usually in the back you have um, holy water. You know, when you enter into the church, you remember how we, how we enter into the Christian life is through baptism. And then this part of the church, anybody know the name? of this part of the church where you're sitting? Yes, the nave. Good, good, good. You, did you study Latin? Did you go to Our Lady of Lourdes classical school? Um, so the nave, that means it's like naval, um, like ships, the navy. It means the boat. We're in the boat. It's a reminder of uh, Noah and the way that God saved the people. It's um, a place where Jesus met with his disciples and offered them peace through the storm. It's a, it's a comforting place where we rest with Jesus below the, uh, below the storm. Remember, Jesus was resting while the storm raged outside. So we're invited into, this, uh, into the ship. And then there's a name for this area. What's that? The sanctuary. Um, maybe there's other names. <laughs> but the, the sanctuary means the holy place. Um, you know, we say sanctus, sanctus, holy, holy. The sanctuary is the holy place. And in the holy place, um, everyone who serves in the holy place wears specific colors uh, in Catholic churches. Um, I'm referring specifically, this is no longer a quiz, um, to the white that we wear, the white garment that the servers wear and that the priest wears, the deacon will wear. Um, and this is, the, this is the garment that reminds us of the holiness that we receive at baptism. This is a garment that I wear, but that each one of us has been given. You know, it's not a garment given to us at ordination. It's a garment given to us at, at uh, baptism. This moment when our soul was perfectly cleansed, when we received the Holy Spirit and we are holy, perfectly holy. It's a, it's a symbol of, uh, that reminds us not only of that purity of heart, Remember, Jesus says, blessed are the pure of heart, for they, they will see God. The promise that we will hear and see God through life. Um, and then it's a reminder to us of that special moment when we're baptized. When we have this, this, this beautiful um, 
kind of joy of the child. I wish you could see this, this child down here bouncing around. Um, just a beautiful reminder of the Christ child and the joy of the Christ child. Um, that wonder of children, that innocence of children, um, that perfect joy that brings joy to everybody around them. My sister had a baby, and um, anytime I'm around my nephew Max, I can't help but play around and smile and goof around and talk really stupid. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the joy of being around children. Um, and that's a, this is just a reminder that each one of us have been given that state of soul, that gift from God, those graces that make us childlike. We can share in this place of uh, the presence of Jesus with Mary and Joseph in this perfect state of holiness. We have been called to holiness. And to protect that holiness, we have to fight against the world and the flesh and the devil trying to make us discouraged, to make us cynical, to make us worn out with life. Um, But it's mostly the work of grace. It's God and his blessings and I have the privilege as a priest to know a lot of people in the parish and to see so much grace, so much grace happening um, every year. I've been kind of recollecting on things, and um, I was informed recently that we've had 80 baptisms in the parish this, this year. 80 baptisms. There's people who say that the church is struggling, the church is dying, that religion doesn't matter to people. There's 80 baptisms in our parish alone. That's a beautiful grace. And that's a grace that comes from the faith uh, as a grace from God and the faith that's communicated from a lot of good people, from parents and grandparents. There's a lot of faith in this place, and I'm very grateful for that. I've had the pleasure of um, hearing a lot of confessions this week. Uh, We have penance services here and in other parishes, and there's a a lot of grace. God is pouring out his grace on the world. I can promise you that. I heard confessions of people who hadn't been to confession for 50 years, 20 years, 10 years, who harbored resentments and and pain throughout their life and let go of that by the grace of God, the mercy of God. Beautiful things happening um, by the the grace of God, gifts to the church um, to make us holy and to renew our, our wonder, our childlikeness, that joy and that peace. Today, the, the, the gospel gives us the example of uh, St. Joseph to watch, to look at um, as a model of holiness. If we ask ourselves, well, what does it look like to be holy um, as adults? We can look to St. Joseph. The church gives us St. Joseph. And I've had a few people recently ask me, why, why don't we know anything else about Joseph? Why don't we talk about Joseph? Um, I don't know why everybody's asking me that right now. But I guess I'll talk about Joseph. <laughs> um, he's a, an incredible saint that's been named um, protector of the church, father of the church, patron of the church. He's one that is praying for us constantly and is caring for the church throughout history. But he is pretty quiet, you know? Who's the one who appears throughout time and points to Jesus and does all these great miracles and gives revelation to all kinds of people. It's usually Jesus himself or Mary. I don't know of many apparitions of Joseph. Even the scriptures are 
fairly silent about the life of the father of Jesus. You know, a father so important. A father teaches virtue to their to their children. A father communicates love and protection. Um, teaches us so much about life and gives us um, so much of themselves. It's amazing that we don't hear much about Joseph. So I'll tell you what little I can say. When Joseph and Mary uh, left for Bethlehem, they were living in Nazareth, about 120 miles away from Bethlehem. So the journey took about four or five days. I recommend that we enter into that journey tonight. This Sunday is an opportunity with just a few days left before Christmas to travel with the Holy Family. I invite you all to foster silence in your life and prayer. These few days, as much as you can, I know they're busy, I know the families are coming into town or you might be traveling. Travel with the Holy Family. Welcome people with the Holy Family. Stay with Joseph and walk the, walk the road with Joseph. This is a man who the, the scriptures say um, is a good man, a righteous man. That means a, a virtuous man. And the church perennially points to four different virtues as the cardinal virtues. Prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. These are marks of a good person. Prudence means uh, that you do the right thing um, at the right time and for the right reasons. It's, it's a kind of judgment. And it takes a long time to develop prudence. We usually talk about this in older people who have a lot of life experience. And they can give advice because they have prudence. They know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. We can look to Joseph for prudence. Um, temperance is moderation. This is, um, there's lots of delights in the world. But if we take too much of a delight, then it becomes no longer a delight. You know, this is the classic virtue of not overindulging in Christmas fudge. Uh, there's like a line. You go up and up and up in enjoyment, and then you fall off the cliff. And then you're miserable and sick. Um, so this is catching ourselves at some point and enjoying it, but enjoying it with moderation. Well, um, if we don't, then we're susceptible to temptation and sin and probably end up sick in a lot of ways. Um, there's fortitude. Fortitude means uh, courage and strength. You know, we're faced with a lot of uh, different situations that take strength during this time. When people try our patience, um, when we have to f- forgive, um, when life gets busy, when we're not sure how to confront or addre- address something that's important for us to do, um, we need courage. All of these, each of these virtues are a matter of improving day, and, um, day in and day out, one thing after another. There's justice. Justice means defending the right, um, the right thing, knowing what's right and defending it, standing up for something. So in all of these virtues, we look to Joseph and we ask for his help. Here's the righteous one. I think um, just pieces of advice. One is, because it's a, it's a matter of slow growth, the way to think on virtue is to say, I'll do the next right thing. 
If you think of it as like, I'm going to become, in 2020, I'm going to become just. I'm going to become prudent. It's very difficult to make that happen. But if you say, um, after Mass, I'm going to do the next right thing. When I wake up, I'm going to do the next right thing. At every moment, we remind ourselves of this. And it'll happen. And then we grow. So that's virtue. This is a man who is righteous, this Joseph. He's also a man who doesn't let his past define who he is in the present. I say that because in the first reading we hear about this king called Ahaz, who was given a sign that um, a virgin shall be with child. And what we didn't read about Ahaz was from 2 Kings. This is from Isaiah. 2 Kings that tells us that Ahaz was a terrible king who was um, an, a shame to Israel and who sacrificed his own children to the god Moloch. He's one of the worst kings in the history of the Old Testament, probably the history of the world. And he's related to Joseph. In Matthew's lineage, in his genealogy, he says that Joseph was related to Ahaz, this king who was, was notorious, was infamous as a villain in the history of Israel. And that was could have been a cause of great frustration and hesitation for Joseph. But our Joseph, he listens to the angel and he trusts in God. God, you can do great things in my life. The past does not define me. And that's an important thing for us to to remember. Jesus is the one who makes all things new. If you're discouraged right now because of your own past, because of your family, because of things that you've done, things that others have done, things that you've inherited, the difficulties of life, things that you've suffered. Know that the gospel today proclaims the good news that there is no effect from the past, that Jesus makes all things new, that at the coming of Christmas we have new life with Jesus. It's a beautiful thing, but we have to trust God in that, like Joseph trusted. We're not defined by our past. We're defined by the grace of God, his love for us, and all of the things that he calls us to for our future. And he has great plans for us. Finally, Joseph is a model of love and of patience. Here's the one who um, was going about his life preparing for the birth of his son and who was called by the government to go travel across the way and write his name down. Um, That's a pretty frustrating invitation at an important time in your life. This is the one who has to travel across um, the whole country to get to where he's been asked to go. This is the one who can't find any place for his beloved wife um, to give birth to his beloved child. And yet, we don't hear of Joseph raging. We don't hear of Joseph even being frustrated. This is a man who, through the grace of God, has a certain serenity and peace about him that is remarkable. And I think that it comes from his proximity to Jesus, that he stays close to Jesus, and that he stays grounded in his love for Jesus. In this busy time leading up to Christmas, when we can get distracted and worried about so many different things, Let us place our hearts in in the manger, um, close to Jesus, in the presence of Joseph and Mary. And remember that everything we're doing, this is true, everything you're doing that frustrates you, 
is out of love for someone, right? All the gifts that we give, all the decorations we put up, all the burnt cookies that I burn um, are out of love for people and out of love especially for Jesus, him who I serve, he who you serve. Let us take the example of Joseph and ask for his prayers. Let us stay with him. I want to conclude just by thanking all of you who are, um, who are parents and grandparents, who are godparents, who have uh, responsibility for, uh, for children and have raised children and taken care of them. You know, the goal of the Christian life is, to, is charity. It's love. And it's love for the poor. Um, there, aren't any, there isn't anybody who's more poor than children who can't help themselves. They need help. They need to be fed. They need to be cleaned. They need to be taken care of. And that's not easy. I know that's not easy. I've been watching my sister. Um, and it's beautiful. That's love. That's, that's a love that demands a sacrifice that um, is a great privilege, even while it's uh, a difficult thing. So I want to thank you. That's a, um, it's evidence of holiness um, that, you have, that you have raised children and taken care of children. Um, I pray for you, and um, we ask for the prayers of St. Joseph, that he make us holy as we prepare for Christmas, that he teach us the serenity and silence in peace in the presence of Jesus, and um, that he teaches us how to be humble, how to kind of drift into the shadow of Our Lady and Jesus, to not worry about if we're seen, if we're praised, if we're known, um, but uh, to trust in God uh, and to be little. Uh, because if we're little, then we'll fit in the manger and we'll fit there in the presence of Jesus. No? We're reminded today of our childlikeness and the beauty of baptism and that great grace that God gave us then and all of the graces that he's given us throughout life.